Hello listeners, welcome to another episode of Activate God's Purpose, where we yield our humanity to God's divinity. Today let's talk about not being a wasteland. Do not become a wasteland. Do not become a wasteland. What is a wasteland? A wasteland is a wilderness, a desert place. It's waste. It's a dust bowl. A wasteland is bad lands. A wasteland is arid. It's dry. It's desert. Nothing grows on it. Nothing prospers on it. Nothing can be cultivated on it. It's too dry. Nothing can be nurtured on a wasteland. A wasteland is gone, is finished. It's a bad land. Nothing can thrive on on a wasteland. Nothing can grow. Nothing can become fruitful. Nothing can become whole or complete on a wasteland. A wasteland is what it is, wasted. It's a land that is completely wasted. Nothing beautiful, nothing wonderful, nothing marvelous comes out of it. The uh, Merriam-Webster Bibles, I mean, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary says, the definition of a wasteland is, number one, a barren or uncultivated land. A wasteland cannot be cultivated. A wasteland is a barren land. It does not bear anything, at least not anything good. The second definition the Merriam-Webster Dictionary gives is that a wasteland is an ugly, often devastated, or barely inhabitable place or area. An ugly, often devastated, or barely inhabitable place or area. The third definition the Merriam-Webster Dictionary gives says, something such as a way of life, that is spiritually and emotionally arid and unsatisfying. There's nothing satisfactory about a wasteland. There's nothing whole. There's nothing beautiful. Nobody wants to go near a wasteland. Wasted. It says something that is such as a way of life. Imagine living a way of life that is spiritually and emotionally arid, arid, A-R-I-D, meaning dry, completely dry, unproductive, cannot produce anything, at least nothing good, and unsatisfying, a life that is spiritually and emotionally unsatisfying, a life that is spiritually and emotionally dry, wasted, inhabitable, ugly, it's devastated, it's barely have, um, or barely inhabitable. 
that those are some of the meanings of what a wasteland is. A wasteland, some of the synonyms are a barren land. It's a desert. It's desolation. It's no man's land. Nobody wants to go near a wasteland. A wasteland is a waste. So we're talking today about not becoming a wasteland. A wasteland can also mean incapable of producing. Incapable of producing or habitually failing to, to fruit. Habitually, habitually, constantly, consistently failing to bear fruit. A wasteland is desolate, producing little or no vegetation. Or even if there's any production at all, it produces inferior crops, crops that are not, that, that, are, that, are, uh, that cannot be used. Crops that are good for nothing. We're still looking at the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. A wasteland is fruitless, unproductive of results or gain. It is unproductive. It, it just doesn't produce. It's devoid. It's lacking. It lacks uh, uh, anything that is inspirational. It lacks anything that will bear fruit, that, that, will, that will give life. It's inferior. It doesn't grow. Hmm. Other words for wasteland are impoverished, infertile, poor, stark, unproductive, waste. Whereas one could become fertile, fruitful, productive, And so the question becomes, who do we choose to become? When something is a wasteland, when a life is a wasteland, it doesn't thrive. It doesn't thrive. And it, when something or someone is not thriving, depression kicks in, fear kicks in. Ha anger kicks in, unforgiveness kicks in, hatred, envy, jealousy kicks in. Things that, will, that are unproductive, things that will kill life kick in. Why? Because there's barrenness, because there are no results. Because that life is emotionally and spiritually a wasteland. It's grim, it's dark, it's helpless. We're talking about not becoming a wasteland.
A wasteland schemes evil. A wasteland wishes wickedness because it can't produce. It cannot give fruit. A wasted life cannot bear anything. In the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, in the book of Genesis, uh, chapter 19, we read about Lot's wife. The Bible says in Genesis, Lot's wife, in Genesis chapter 19, verse 26, but Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. She became a pillar of salt. And I thought to myself, why a pillar of salt? Because after all, the Bible asks us to become salt. The salt of the world, for those of us who believe in Jesus Christ. Become the salt of the world. Become the light that is not hidden. Why then would this woman be turned into salt? When salt, if you look at salt, salt makes things tasty, makes food tasty. Salt brings healing. Salt brings deliverance. If you understand the spiritual connotation of what salt is and who salt is when one becomes salt to the earth and to those around them. One brings healing. One brings a, 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 a wholesomeness. One brings joy. One brings productivity. One brings and offers a tasty life to others. One brings an aura of peace, of wholesomeness that draws others and they wonder, where do you get this peace? And the Bible says that Jesus is our peace and that God gives us peace that surpasses human understanding. How does one get this kind of peace? How does one bear so much fruit and not be a barren land, a desert place, is through Jesus, the acceptance of Jesus as Savior and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. That's how. How does one bear fruit spiritually and emotionally? The Bible says it's not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. It's by the Holy Spirit. And we all know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. Why did she, why did God choose, why did she become a pillar of salt? And so I question that because salt is supposed to be tasty. Salt makes things tasty, brings healing, makes the food taste better, makes life become better. Makes food and life more enjoyable. So why did she become a pillar of salt. Why not a pillar of something else? I don't know, a pillar of coal. A pillar of something dark. Well, I did some research. And I learned, as some of you might know, because it did not occur to me. Some of you might know that salt, too much salt, stops anything from growing. There are places that are so salty that they become wastelands. Nothing 
can be produced in such lands. Nothing can grow. It stunts the growth. It kills everything. Too much of something, right, as the world says, is good for nothing. Too much salt in your food will stop you from eating the food. You won't be able to eat it. You'll spit it out. Too much salt will bring a, 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 a health crisis to your body, to your system. Too much salt becomes a wasteland. And this woman was told to not look back. But she, God was ready to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And she was told to not look back. They were told to run and to not look back. Sodom and Gomorrah was going to become a wasteland. Sodom and Gomorrah was going to become desolate, a desert, a barren land, a fruitless land. And God told Lot and his wife and his family to run. Go before this land becomes wasted, before it becomes ashes, becomes, before it becomes barren and desolate and abandoned, before it becomes a bad land, before it becomes a wasted land, before it becomes a dust bowl, before it becomes unfruitful. Go! Lot's wife decided to look back. She looked back at what was instead of looking into the future of what could be. God was taking them into what I will call a promised land, a new beginning, a new cycle. God was taking them into a, a, a season, a time and a life filled with him, filled with his glory, filled with his fruitfulness. God was helping them to escape. God was taking them and giving them a second chance. A life that is productive, a wholesome and complete life. And this is why he sent his son Jesus to die for us. To get away from the wasteland of our lives, our spiritual and mental and emotional wastelands. So that we can come into a life with his son Jesus Christ, filled with the Holy Spirit, to be lands that are full of delight, full of good fruit, full of the abundance that Jesus came to give us. He wanted them to escape the dryness of this no man's land, Sodom and Gomorrah. But she looked back. She looked back at the things that were detrimental. She looked back at the strongholds. She looked back at the chains. She looked back at the darkness. She looked back. She had become so comfortable with Sodom and Gomorrah. It had become such a part of her that even though there was a promise there was brightness ahead of her, even though there was light above of her, um, uh, uh, in front of her. Even though there was good promise, even though there was fruit, there was land that would bear fruit, that there was land that would not be barren. Whatever had delighted her, as dark as it was, in Sodom and Gomorrah, meant more to her meant more to her than the promise of God, 
What is the promise of God in your life? What is it that God wants to put in your hand? What is it that God is saying, drop this, leave this behind, don't look back, your new season has come. And it might feel painful right now, but the Bible says your latter shall be greater than your former. But Lot's wife did not want the latter. The latter is, is greater than the former. The latter is what God, a chance that God wanted to give her to, to not just exist, but to live, to thrive, to be filled with the Spirit of God, to be filled with the presence of God, to be filled with things that only God can give a human being. To live a life gifted by the gift of God, by, by God. She denied God. She denied the new beginning that God had for her. She preferred the wasted land or the wasteland. She preferred the darkness. She preferred to become reprobate. And so she became what she preferred. She became what she preferred. Today, do you want to become what you prefer? Or do you prefer the gift of God? Do you prefer the second chance, the life that God will give you? She became what she preferred. And so she became a pillar of salt, a wasteland, because that's what she preferred. The Bible says, Choose ye this day whom you will serve. It says, come out from among them. And a lot of us are afraid to come out from among them because we enjoy the sin. We enjoy the transgression. We care about what people will say. We've become comfortable in the dark pain. We've become comfortable in the dark addictions. We've become comfortable in the dark habits, even though we know that they'll get us nowhere. Even though we know that we're self-destructing, we've become comfortable with the dark and in the dark things. And even when God is saying, come into my light, come into my joy, come into my peace, come into my healing, we refuse it. We refuse and, and that path is broad. The Bible says broad. That path is broad. Uh, many, many, thousands, millions, tens of thousands who are refusing the promise of God, the promised land of God, the fruitful land of God. Instead, we prefer the desolation. We prefer the waste. We prefer no man's land. We prefer bad lands. Why? What is it about us? Why do we do such things? Why do we prefer the wasteland than the promise of God? What is it about us? Even the angels ask God, What is man that thou art mindful of him? And God said, he said, I, I regret making man. Why do we make God? regret creating us and as much as he regrets it he still loves us so much unconditionally that he sent Jesus to die for us and even though Jesus has died for us we still continue in our ways and we know this truth 
We know this truth. That God is real. Jesus is real. The Holy Spirit is real. Why do we continue in our defiance? Why do we prefer the condition of the pillar of salt than what God has given us? Why do we prefer the wasted land? Why do we prefer the addiction? Why do we prefer the anger, the jealousy, the hatred, the unforgiveness? Why do we prefer what our situations and conditions have turned us into? What is it about us? And we cannot continue to say that um, we can't help it. We cannot continue to say, oh, well, it's not my fault, I'm human. No. Because God has given us the Holy Spirit to help us. And the Spirit of God is much more powerful than any darkness in us. Much more powerful than anything that would turn us into a wasteland. Why would we prefer barrenness? Why would we prefer loneliness? Why, wouldn't we prefer, why don't we prefer the, the, the uh, uh, why don't we prefer the nourishment of God, the fruitfulness of God, the peace of God? Why not? What is it about us? <laughs> Hallelujah. She turned back and she became what she desired. Where you are right now, if you turn back, what are you turning back to? And what will that make you become? Where you're seated now or, or, or listening now, my brother, my sister, listener, if you, if you look back, what would you be looking back to? What would you be looking back on? What would that make you become if you dwelled on that? Ask yourself, would you not prefer to look forward to a life that God, the maker, the creator of heaven and earth, your creator who made you and formed you and breathed life, life into you, would you not prefer to look ahead into a new season, a new beginning, a new life that he has promised you that really does exist? Are you not curious to know what that life is, what it would look like, what it would contain, what it would hold for you, who it would hold for you, what kind of future, what kind of destiny it has for you, God, God's destiny, God's divine purpose for your life, what would that look like? Don't you want to know? Are you not curious? Will you look back? And become what? Will you look back? And look forward to what? Look back to what? 
when you can look ahead and look forward to a divine destiny, a divine destiny, a blueprint that God has for you, the agenda that God has for you, the plans and purposes that God has for you. The Bible says what is born of God conquers the world. Would you not look forward to that? Would you prefer to look back and become your past, become what has happened to you, become the things of the former, when you can become the things of the latter, the latter meaning starting from now, a new life, a new beginning in God, by God, of God. I beg you to look forward, to look ahead, but not by your strength, not by your wisdom, but by the strength and the wisdom of God. The Bible says that even the foolishness of God is wiser than our wisdom. The foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. So why not foolishly follow God? Why not foolishly become who he has created you to be? Why not foolishly function the way God himself has ordained for you to function? His foolishness is wiser than our wisdom. The Bible says in all you're getting, get wisdom, get understanding, get God's wisdom, get God's understanding. The things that you're used to, the way you're used to being, what has that done for you? What have you become? Who should you be? A desert place? A wasteland? A bad land? A dust bowl? Who should you be? An unproductive land? A lie? Who should you be? Someone who walks around with masks and facades? Someone who's living a lie? Or should you become someone who is truly free? Truly productive? Truly fruitful emotionally and spiritually? What will you choose? Whom will you choose? Will you stay in or will you come apart? Choose ye this day whom you will serve. Come out from amongst them. It's a choice. It's a very deliberate choice. Wasteland or productive land? Pillar of salt or a land filled with milk and honey? Will there still be battles to fight? Yes, but God is right, will be right there, never leaving you, never forsaking you. Will there be burdens to carry? Yes, but Jesus will be right there. He says, bring them to me. Bring your, your burden to me. My yoke is easier. My burden is light. Would you prefer Jesus' easy yoke and light burden? Or would you prefer the heavy burden that weighs you down, that kills your song and kills your dance? The wasteland, would you prefer that? The former things of old that destroy your spirit, your soul, your emotions, and you know you're drying up and it's getting worse every day. Or would you prefer the land, the future, the, for, the, 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 the former, sorry, the latter shall be greater than the former. The latter carries the honey of God. The latter carries living water. The latter carries what God has for you. 
the former is the things those are the things that you and other other and other people who have influenced you and other things that have influenced you have built around you have you've built of your life and now your soul is arid your soul is dry your spirit is barely alive barely has any strength left your mind is barely existing and god is saying forget the former things come into the latter things come into what is not barren come into what is fruitful come into what is delightful forget the former things forget what has happened what has been who you've been let me show you who you should be let me show you your real image how i created you before you were formed in your mother's womb for i have great plans for you so what do you choose my brother so what do you choose my sister so what do you choose listener to turn back and become what you turn and become what you turn back to the wasteland a pillar of salt something nothing can can be productive in something nothing can grow in something nothing can be fruitful in just arid barren unproductive it could try to grow but it just doesn't grow does it it reaches a certain level then it dies why don't you come into what God has for you look ahead look forward don't look back <clears throat> excuse me and receive what God has for you that is fruitful that will grow and grow the bible says we grow from glory to glory to glory isn't that what you want for your life isn't that what you want for your loved ones glory to glory to glory perfecting our faith god is constantly perfecting our lives the holy spirit is constantly perfecting us towards the glory of god <laughs> towards the plans and the purposes of god for our lives she turned she became a pillar of salt even the angels helped them tried to help them to escape the angels forced them to leave and pull them out of the city of Sodom and Gomorrah but she liked it so much she loved it so much she craved for it so much that she became what she craved for ashes dust pillow of salt a wasteland nothing grows in a pillow of salt nothing becomes produced in a pillow of salt is that who you want to become is that who you want to become huh she became what had happened to her god can turn your life around she became her habits she became her sin she became her tragedy she became her trauma 
She became her decisions. She became her choices. She became what she was influenced by or influenced with. She became who she was influenced by. What do you want to become? What does your future look like? In Isaiah 61, it says, what God wants to do with our lives, if you read Isaiah 61, he wants the spirit of God to come upon us. And if you start from verse 3, it says, And provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. God wants you to become a crown of beauty instead of a pillar of salt, instead of ashes, instead of a wasteland. It says he wants to bestow on them. When you look into the future, When you put the former behind you and you look into the latter, you look into the future, God wants to bestow on you a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning. God doesn't want you to live in depression and anxiety and fear and torment. He doesn't want you to cry all your life. He says, and a garment of praise. God wants you to rejoice. The Bible says the joy of our Lord is our strength. He wants you to praise. He wants you to sing. He wants you to dance. The Bible says when God turned around the captivity of Israel, it was as though they were dreaming. There was laughter in their mouths and singing on their tongues. We continue to read in Isaiah 61, starting from verse 3. And provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord, For the display of his splendor. God wants to display his splendor in your life. It says they will rebuild the ancient ruins. What has been ruined in your life? God will help you to rebuild. Instead of you becoming a desert place, a wilderness, a wasteland, an unfruitful land. He will help you to rebuild what has been ruined in your life. Verse 4, they will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. Restore the places long devastated. How long will you continue living in devastation? A devastated mind, a devastated heart, a devastated soul, a devastated spirit, a devastated body. So much devastation. What have you fed your mind with? What have you fed your spirit with? What have you fed your body with? What have you fed your soul with? So much devastation eating away at you every second, every minute, every hour, every day, every week, every month, every year, eating away at you. 
and you're trying to patch it together, but it's not working. It's falling apart. Devastated. But he says, we continue to read, they will renew the ruined cities, cities that have been devastated for generations. Strangers will shepherd your flocks. People will help you. God will bring people to help you. God will send you help. Foreigners will work your fields and vineyards. People you don't know. God will touch their hearts to be a blessing to you. God will send you help. And you'll be called priests of the Lord. You'll be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations and in their riches you will boast. In other words, you will spiritually prosper. You will financially prosper. You will physically prosper. You will mentally prosper. Everything about you will become rich, not a wasteland. So look forward. Look ahead for what God has for you. Don't look back and become a pillar of salt. Don't look back and become a wasteland. Do not become a wasteland. He says in verse 7, instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. God has an inheritance for you. You will not be disgraced as you look forward. And so, will, and so you will inherit a double portion in your land. And everlasting joy will be yours. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. God does not want your life to be robbed. So many things have robbed you of joy, robbed you of your peace, robbed you of what is yours, robbed you of your divine destiny, robbed you of your divine purpose. But if you will look forward, Forget the former things and press in to the latter things that are the future. From this minute, from this second, look ahead now. Forget what has been. Do not look back to what has been. Do not go back to what has been. Doesn't matter how good it looks. All that glitters you know is not gold. You know you're down and depressed. You know you're dying on the inside. You know you're wasting away even if others don't see it. You know that you're in despair. God doesn't want that for you. Go back and read Isaiah 61. Study it. I read from verse 3 to verse 8 and see what God has for you. God doesn't want you to become a wasteland. The Bible says that God does not wish for any to perish. He does not wish for any to perish. Allow God to vindicate you. If you, after you read Isaiah 61, read Isaiah 62. Read chapter 61 and read chapter 62. Let me read some of it for you. Some of chapter 62. From verse 1. For Zion's sake, for your sake, I don't know what your name is whoever you are, but for your sake. God says, I will not keep silent. God is fighting for you. God is fighting for your life. God is fighting for your soul, whether you know it or not, whether you believe it or not. 
Whether you trust in that or not, God is fighting for you. He says, for Jerusalem, again, put your name there. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not remain quiet. You might not see it, but God is fighting for you. Think about those times when you barely escaped with your life. Think about those times when you wonder why you're still here. When you escaped sickness, when you escaped death. When you escaped things that would kill your soul. He says, For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not remain quiet. Till her vindication shines out like the dawn, God will vindicate you. Her salvation, like a blazing torch. God is here to save you. God wants to save you. God has already done what it takes to save you. And it continues to say in verse 2, The nations will see your vindication and all kings your glory. You will be called a new name. In other words, you will not be called a wasteland. You will not be called useless. What are the names that people have called you? What are the labels that people have put on you? What are the labels that you've put on yourself? What is the stigma that follows you? What is the stain that follows you? He says, you will be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will bestow. The mouth of the Lord, God himself, will bestow a new name upon you. And that new name will bring his vindication upon your life. God will vindicate you. The nations will see your vindication and all kings your glory. You will be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will bestow. You will be a crown of splendor in the Lord's hands. You will be a crown of splendor in the Lord's hand, a royal diadem in the hand of your God. No longer will they call you deserted or name your land desolate. But you will be called Hephzibah and your land Beulah. Hephzibah means my delight. Beulah means married. In other words, not alone. For the Lord will take delight in you. And your land will be married. As a young man marries a young woman, so will your builder your maker, marry you as a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so will your God rejoice over you. So I read from verse 1 to verse 5, but you can read the whole of Isaiah 61 and the whole of Isaiah 62 to understand who you become when you decide to not become a wasteland, when you allow God to make you a splendor by his might and by his power, crown you with splendor. You'll understand that God wants to make you a royal diadem in the land, in, in, the, in his hand, in the palm of his hand. You will understand that you're no longer des- a desert place or deserted, that you're no longer desolate, that you're no longer barren, 
but you are a delight. You are a delight to God. You are celebrated by God and your life becomes a celebration. So choose this day. Who will you become? A wasteland or a splendor in the hand of God. A royal diadem in the hand of God. A life vindicated by God. A life restored by God. A life where God takes away He bestows you a crown of beauty and takes away the ashes of your life. A place where you're comforted by God and you no longer mourn. Where he provides for you. And he takes away your mourning. M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. He takes away your mourning, your sadness, your sickness, your disease, whatever type or form or shape. It could be in your soul. Disease in your soul, in your spirit, in your mind, your body. And he gives you a garment of praise. He takes away the spirit of despair. And he plants you and displays you as his splendor. He rebuilds the ruins of your life and gives you a new life. He removes the devastation from your life and generations to come after you. He takes away the devastation. Will you stand for that generation coming after you. He will bring helpers, strangers to help you. He will restore you. And instead of shame, he will give you double portion, double portion of blessings. And instead of disgrace, he will cause you to rejoice. What do you choose? Who do you want to become? What do you say today? Choose ye this day whom you will serve. Choose ye this day whom you will become. The splendor of God. Look forward and become the splendor of God. Become a royal diadem in the palm of his hand. Or look back and become a pillar of salt a wasteland, a wilderness, a deserted place, an unfruitful land, or look forward into the milk and honey that God has promised you. Look back to the ashes of your life or receive the favor of God and allow him to provide for you beauty instead of ashes, to provide for you the oil of joy, instead of depression and to provide for you, look forward to God to provide for you joy, peace, righteousness or look back and stay in that spirit of despair, of hopelessness. I pray to God that you would choose to look forward And not look back. You will choose to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And receive the splendor, the glory that God has for you. It's better to fight with God. 
than to fight without God. It's better to build with God than to build without God. It's better for God to give you a name than for man to give you a name or for you to give yourself a name. Take the hand of God, look forward and allow your latter, your new life, your new season, what is ahead to become greater than the former, the things of the past. Put them behind you. No matter how good or glorious they appear, no matter how dark they appear, no matter what it is, put it behind you. Put it behind you and start walk through the door. Take the key of life from God, from Jesus, from the Holy Spirit. Take the key of life. Open that new door. Step in and don't look back. Don't look back. I pray to God that you have the strength the courage to make this decision today, today, to walk into the light and not look back to the darkness, to what was, but look forward to what is. Not look back to who you've become, but look forward to who you should be in God, created in his image. God has a new name for you. And that name is not wasteland. That name is not deserted. That name is not unfruitful. That new name he has for you is fruitful, is delightful. That new name he has for you is anointed. That new name he has for you is strength to rebuild what has been ruined. That new name for you is a royal diadem in the palm of God's own hand. That new name he has for you is to take you from glory to glory. To make you a praise from the ruins of ashes, from the ruins of ashes, from the ruins of heaviness, from the ruins of despair and feeling lost and confused. From the ruins of what appears to be great and good. But you well know it could crumble any second. It could fall apart any second. And you're using all your strength, all your wisdom to keep it together. But you're depleted. You're empty. And you can bear no more. Don't look back. Look forward. Lay it all down. Look forward to what God has for you because it's full of splendor. It is delightful. It will deliver you. It will redeem you. It will save you. And it will give you eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. Allow God to give you a new, new name. Don't be a wasteland. Allow God to give you a new life. Full of splendor. Don't be a wasteland. Do not become a wasteland. Refuse it. Refuse it. Refuse it. Do not become a wasteland. God bless you. God keep you. God strengthen you. May you become who he says you are. May you not look back. May you hold on to God's unchanging hand. 
May you walk through the door he has for you. May you walk through that door and have life and life eternal with him. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank God for your precious life. I thank you for listening. May your new beginning start now. May your life of splendor start now. May your life of joy, oil of joy, start now. May the life that God crowns you with, giving you beauty for ashes, start now in the mighty name of Jesus. May you make that decision in the name of Jesus to accept what God has for you and to not look back. Do not look back. She looked back and she became a pillar of salt. You are not a pillar of salt, my brother. You are not a pillar of salt, my sister. You are the the delight of God. You are not a pillar of salt, listener. You are the splendor of God, a royal diadem in his hand, and he has a name for you, for your new beginning. Go to God and find out what that new name is. Ask the Holy Spirit what that new name is, what that new beginning is, what that new season is. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, God bless you. God keep you. God cause his face to shine upon you. Feel free to reach, uh, to write to Activate God's Purpose. Activate God's Purpose at gmail.com. Activate God's Purpose at gmail.com. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. In Jesus' name. Remember, ask for the strength of the Holy Spirit. It's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Ask for the strength of the Holy Spirit to enter into your new life, full of prosperity, full of abundance, full of joy, full of peace, full of God's goodness, compassion, and mercy, full of God's salvation, deliverance, and redemption full of God's eternal life. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, don't perish. Don't become a wasteland. Go to God and receive your new beginning. Receive your new cycle in Him and through Him and by Him and by His power. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, it's not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. It's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It's not by might, it's not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. God bless you, my brother. God bless you, my sister. God bless you, listener. In Jesus' name, I thank you for being here. Start your new life in God. Start the new year in God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen.